Good evening, folks. It is the evening of June 29th, which makes it a Friday, and it's about 9.20 p.m. I am here with my little furry peoples, and we are just sitting, relaxing, and listening to Pachata. What are you guys up to? So, as you can see, I don't have a particular structure to tonight's podcast. I am basically just winging it because people, it is Friday, Friday, and I think I kind of owe it to myself to be able to not have to overthink anything or script it or find a theme. So we're kind of just girl talking here. Girl talk or boy talker. <laughs> Whoever it is that ends up listening to this. I know I'm talking a little bit of gibberish, but that's kind of how those things go, I think. Today at least. In any case, I am here. I managed this afternoon, right after getting off from work, to do a little bit of cleaning in this general area of the living room and then getting myself all clean after a seemingly itchy, dirty, gross week. Yeah, I know, you didn't want to hear that. But hey, oversharing here. And now, um, just kind of trying to get into the whole swing of an evening of relaxation. Um, relaxation, I guess, combined with a little bit of something to do as far as something really creative. So laid back but catching up on things that I really would like to do slash need to do as far as creative endeavors such as read a book or maybe draw or maybe even write a story write a poem or like what I'm doing right now making some sort of crazy weirdo podcast so that's where I'm starting right now and from there I am probably going to go and try to I guess scope out all those contests and little um, um, things that I let fall by the wayside. And by little things, I guess I mean little submissions or um, I'm really drawing a blank here. Help me out, guys. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to try to do that, see if I can rustle up um, a crew as well to 
kind of collaborate with me because sometimes collaboration makes all the best of an endeavor and kind of fuels it forward. Okay, you guys, you heard enough of me rambling tonight, and let's get back to our regularly scheduled program, aka me being in control again of what's going on and what's going into my podcasts. <laughs> All right, folks, take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that while you were going about your late evening, relaxing, and whatever it is you do at this hour. Now I think I'm going to shift gears a little bit, and um, what I would like to do is, since you guys listened to my nonsensical tirade a while ago, to kind of, um, I guess, share a story with you guys. And no, the story is not going to go with the theme of bachata music, unfortunately. It is actually going to be a story hailing from my motherland, or rather, my parents' motherland. And uh, it was actually when we moved there, when I was uh, a little bit about, um, well, about the age of 10, uh, so in fourth grade, um, I, uh, it was one of the, the local folklores that I fell in love with. So I really hope that you guys enjoy it. The story is entitled... The Legends of Maria McKeeling. And I think I'm going to do a little bit of a music shift here since this particular episode seems to be crazy and all over the place. So, kind of that noise that they make in Wayne's World. We're kind of shifting. <laughs> so, we've gone from uh, um, Latino America to the Philippines, Southeast Asia. Okay, folks, here it goes. The many legends of Maria Makiling tell of a young woman who lived on the beautiful mountain that separates the province of Laguna and Tayabas. Her dwelling place was never definitely known because those who had the good luck to deal with her would wander about for a long time lost in the woods, unable to return. Neither did they remember the way, nor were they agreed as to the place and its description. While some say her home was a beautiful palace, bright as a golden reliquary, surrounded by gardens and fine parks, others assert that they saw only a wretched hut with a patched roof and bamboo sides. 
such a contradiction may give rise to the belief that both parties were romancing. It is true, but it may also be due to the fact that Maria McKeeling, like many persons in comfortable circumstances, might have had many dwelling places. According to eyewitnesses, she was a young woman, tall and graceful, with big black eyes and long, abundant hair. Her coloring was a clear, pure brown, the Kayomanging Kaligatan, as the Tagalogs say. Her hands and feet were small and delicate, and the expression of her countenance always grave and serious. She was a fantastic creature, half nymph, half sylph born under the moonbeams of Pilipinas, in the mystery of its ancient woods, the murmur of the waves on the neighboring shore. According to general belief, and contrary to the reputation imputed to the nymphs and the goddesses, Mariang Makiling always remained pure, simple and mysterious, as the genius of the mountain. An old maid servant we had, an Amazon who defended her house against the outlaws and once killed one of them with a lance thrust assured me that she had in her childhood seen her passing in the distance over the reed grass so lightly and airily that she did not even make the flexible blades bend. They said that on the night of Good Friday, when the hunters built bonfires to attract the deer by the scent of the ashes, of which these animals are so fond, they have discerned her motionless on the brink of the most fearful abyss, letting her long hair float in the wind all flooded with the moonlight. Then she would salute them ceremoniously, pass on, and disappear amid the shadows of the neighboring trees. Generally, everyone loved and respected her, and no one dared to question her, to follow or to watch her. She had also been seated for a long period upon a cliff beside a river, as though watching the gentle currents of the stream. There was once an old hunter who claimed to have seen her bathing in a secluded fountain at midnight when the cicadas themselves were asleep when the moon reigned in the midst of silence and nothing disturbed the charm of her solitude. In those same hours and under the same circumstances was the time 
when the mysterious and melancholy notes of her harp might be heard. Persons who heard them stopped, for they drew away and became hushed when any attempt was made to follow them up. Her favorable time for appearing, it is said, was after a storm. Then she would be seen scurrying over the fields, and whenever she passed, life, order, and calm were renewed. The trees again straightened up their overthrown trunks, and all traces of the unchained elements were wiped away. When the poor country folk on the slopes of Makiling needed clothing or jewels for solemn occasions of life, she would lend them and besides, give her a pullet white as milk, one that had never laid an egg, a dumalaga as they say. Mariang Makiling was very charitable and had a good heart. Now, often as not in the guise of a simple country maid, she aided poor women who went to the woods for firewood or to pick up wild fruits by slipping among the ladder nuggets of gold, coins, and jewels. A hunter who had one day chased a wild boar through the tall grass and thorny bushes of the thicket came suddenly upon a hut in which the animal hid. Soon a beautiful young woman issued from the hut and said to him gently, The wild or belongs to me and you have done wrong to chase it but I see that you are very tired your arms and legs covered with blood so come in and eat with me and then you may go on your way. Confused and startled, and besides charmed by the beauty of the young woman, the man went in and ate mechanically everything she offered him without being able to speak a single word. Before he left, the young woman gave him some pieces of ginger, charging him to give them to his wife for her cooking. The hunter put them inside the crown of his broad hat, and after thanking her, withdrew in content. On the way home, he felt his hat become heavy, so he took out many of the pieces and threw them away. Oh, but what his surprise and regret 
when the next day he discovered that what he had taken to be ginger was solid gold, bright as a ray of sunshine. Although he tried to look for them later, he could never find not even one. For many years now, Maria McKeeling's presence has not been manifested on McKeeling. Her vapory figure no longer wanders through the deep valleys or hovers over the waterfalls on the serene moonlit nights. The melancholy tone of her harp is no longer heard. And now lovers get married without receiving from her jewels and other presents. Many fear that she has disappeared forever or at least that she now avoids any contact with mankind. Yet on the side of the mountain, there is a clear, quiet pool, and the legend persists that the vapory figure may still be seen reflected in this pool in the mists of early dawn. So from time to time, the people of the countryside go to wait and watch for her there.